Welcome to Stories That Stick. I love crime books. So I love reading stuff that was just kind of told you what people were. So crime is about what we really want to do. A podcast series about the stories that shape us. A young gay boy from Wyoming was beaten up and left for dead. And I remember just crying my eyes out. And it was the first time that I understood that my gayness meant danger. When all is said and done. I'm not here to be playing no games when it comes to that racial shit. I am for my people and that's it, period. It is only the stories that matter. Suddenly Nelson Mandela walked through and he said, I haven't heard a baby cry in like 28 years. And he was like, can I hold your baby? And mum was like, of course. And he said, your baby is the future of the world. Hey guys, it's Ade here, your host for Stories That Stick. Now, we're still working on new episodes, and if you'd like to be featured or know someone who should, please do get in touch. You can email us on contact at blackticulate.com, or if you follow us on any of the social media accounts, which is Blackticulate, then just slide into our DMs. Now, let's continue our best of series, and we'll be taking clips from episode 23 all the way through to 27. Episode 23, we have Shayla Nortley, an award-winning filmmaker who's currently developing her feature script with the BFI and BBC. Now, the clip I'm about to play highlighted how our stories are still not being seen universally, whereas when you take a white... You know what? Let me just play the clip. Yeah, let's actually ask this. If you, God forbid that you did pass, what would you want people to say about you and more specifically your work? Regarding my work, I would want people to see it as a representation and a reminder of the humanness, the humanity of black people and hopefully a reminder of the value of our lives, you know, and that we are human beings, not just kind of these others that exist within contextualised realities, I suppose. And you want people who see your work for them to build empathy? Because I guess the follow-up question would be, who's the audience? Because as black people, we know our worth. Well, I would like to think a lot of us. (laughs) A lot of us do, a lot of us don't. Um, But for example, I think you'd be familiar with the concept that when it's a white story on the screen, it's a universal story. So you can watch, I don't know, like Bridget Jones' diary, and it's a story about a woman and her kind of comedic quest for love kind of thing. It's, it's a story for everybody. However, when you put a black character, it becomes a black story. story. It becomes, yeah. do you see know what I'm saying? So it's just about like... um just having that platform yeah i hear you loud and clear so the through line is just being human yeah just being human just being allowed to exist well let's then talk about your existence and stories so far and the way i normally do that is by starting with our first chapter i want to play another clip on how a stranger's word can truly change the trajectory of your life here's the clip In fact, you know what? The first time I stood up and did poetry, I was 15 years old and I went with my two sisters to this poetry event. There was this woman there. She was an old lady, really, really beautiful, like silvery hair. She was so beautiful. She looked so beautiful. And I read my poem. Or carries me over mud puddles or gives me at the best place and ain't I 
And when I left the stage, she called me aside and she said, how old are you? And I said, 15. And she said, what a beautiful age. And she said, when you grow older, I see your name in lights. I see your name engraved in the future. I asked her her name and she said her name is Rose. And when I grew older, I actually have as part of my first tattoo, I had a rose to remember that woman and what she kind of had spoken into my life at that young age. And bear the lash as well. And ain't I a woman? Honestly, Shayla is such a boss lady, hashtag. So please do go shower her with some love by visiting her Instagram page, at Shayla Nortley. So let me spell that for you. S-H-E-I-L-A, which is Shayla. Nortley is N-O-R-T-L-E-Y. So next up, we have episode 24 with Claude Williams. Now, Claude Williams is an entrepreneur who is the founder of Dream Nations. And the clip I'm about to play paints a picture of how Claude came across racism for the very first time. And prior to him telling us the story, or the incident, shall I say, he was having a similar conversation with his friend who lived in Nigeria who received racism in her late 20s when she actually came here. And I guess I'm often telling anyone, especially my friends who are fortunate enough to listen to me, I do believe that people ought to visit a country where they are the majority because it's so liberating, it's refreshing. Anyway, I digress a little bit. Now here's a clip. Was race ever an issue? Was masculinity ever discussed during this decade? Yeah, um, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Um, So she grew up in Nigeria, so just explained to me how she never actually understood or experienced or even knew what racism was until she was basically in her 20s, essentially. And I was like, wow, that's amazing because my first experience of racism like happened in primary school. My Nigerian best friend, he was being bullied by one white kid when I came into school one day. I didn't quite understand what's going on. And then, yeah, like when I finally got to the situation and heard what was being said, I think that was the first time I've heard somebody talk about being black as a negative, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. What did you do when you heard that? At first I was confused and then I got angry. And then, yeah, then I started to, I guess, you know what, I'll say this. Um, So I also grew up trained in martial arts. Like my parents came into karate pretty early. Uh, What, how early are we talking? It was very early, very early. Like primary school days? Definitely, oh, definitely primary school. It was because I was a huge Power Rangers fan. So my parents decided like, yeah, like if you like Power Rangers, then we're going to make you do karate, so. That's legit. (laughs) So you ended up protecting your best Nigerian friend at the time from this white bully. Yeah. The reason I mentioned the whole martial arts thing is because it does teach you constraint very early on. So when you understand your ability to cause harm to other people, it gives you a different level of awareness, responsibility and confidence. On one side, it's like, I don't want to do any of this to you. On the other end, it's also like, if push comes to shove, then fine, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. How does dyslexia play into all of this in regards to your social cues? Claude is really an extraordinary man. And I highly recommend listening to the full episode because he gives great advice on how he used the education system to his full benefit. 
And do check him out. Let's not sleep on some of the other projects that he's got currently going on because he does a lot for our community. So do go check him out on Instagram at Claude, that's C-L-A-U-D underscore Williams underscore. And again, you'll be signposted to all the amazing stuff he does do. Next up, we've got episode 25, where I interviewed John Devo, a content creator and tech journalist. This was or is one of my favorite episodes because not only is John a very good friend of mine, but it was the first time that I understood how he operates. But I'll have him explain it in his own words. So here's the clip. John, you've studied psychology, you're clearly, clearly, and I think the listeners can also agree, very intelligent. So I'm sure you've analysed yourself. What is it that you think gives you the confidence or the entitlement, not even entitlement, that's the wrong word to use, but what is it about you, do you reckon? I think there's a couple of things. Partly, I'm not entirely convinced that this world or this life is real. I kind of believe it's more than likely that it's a simulation. So. In my head, there's no real rules other than the ones we impose. I just, I don't know, maybe it is an entitlement. I don't believe that no, in that context, meant no. Because they didn't say you can't come because you don't have the skills or you can't come because there's physically no room for you. They said you can't come because it's for the master's students, which for me is just arbitrary. So I said, well, cool, Mm. if it's arbitrary, let's make it something else. And that's what I did. Yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal. Six weeks in South Africa during the World Cup. It it changed my life. Like that moment in time changed my life. 2009 to 2010, everything else that happened since was because of that. Everything. For regular listeners, you all know that I ask all my guests the question of their funnest story read or told as a child, teenager and adult. And here's what John said. I fell in love with the film Ready Player One when that came out a few years back. Are you able to give us an overview of that or would that be a spoiler? Without spoilers, the premise of Ready Player One is a genius called Halliday has invented a world, a virtual world called the Oasis. And in the Oasis, people can be whoever they want. They can be their favorite computer game character, They can give themselves wings. They can look however they want. They can sound however they want. It's like an open world computer game environment. And people access that world through a headset or like a full body haptic suit. And it's just about the story of some kids in that world who are trying to capture Halliday's Easter egg that he's hidden in, in the game. And whoever captures the egg gets the full power of the Oasis and inherits his fortune. And that's the story. And it's just, it's a great story just from an entertainment point. But also the world that they depict is one where the class divide is bigger than it's ever been. So it's just an interesting parallels with our world and where I think we're going. He really is a fascinating guy. So please do listen to the full episode whenever you can. But also do check out his amazing work and he's a phenomenal photographer. So do check him out on Instagram and his handle is at Gadgets John. John is spelled J-O-N. Now next up is episode 26 with Natalie Fury, cultural curator who specialises in sharing stories of the African diaspora. 
The clip I'm about to play you shares the story of Natalie applying for a role at the Black Cultural Archives that was destined for her, if you believe in such things, because I certainly do. Now here's a clip. I had applied to volunteer at the Black Cultural Archives and they told me that they weren't taking volunteers at the moment. Mm. But then I noticed that they had a job vacancy for a family from the same region in Ghana as my dad, who had discovered some documents that connected them to a king from the region. And they wanted someone to project manage and curate an exhibition around that story. Now, the reason I say it's serendipitous is because, so my community, we're called the the Yebwe community, or some people say Ewe, but yeah. we like, we're 14% of the population of Ghana. So we're tiny. <laughs> and so the fact that there was a story that was going to be about the people that I come from just felt like I had to apply. Like I didn't, mm. I'd never curated an exhibition in my life, but I knew how to project manage and I'd never done any archival work, but I went for it anyway and then got the job. Yeah. Wow. I spent time like reading through these documents And then it just kind of got weirder for me where I actually found a document within those documents that was signed by my great-grandfather. And so then I spoke to my dad about my great-grandfather and I discovered that he was a playwright, that um, I was able to go to Ghana and get some of his books. Amazing. And so many weird things happened throughout that process of me curating this exhibition. Like I, the great-grandfather of the story went to the same school as my great-grandfather and then they started their own school together. The father of the family went to that school and then my granddad, my great-granddad gave him a job afterwards. Like all of these weird things were just happening that made me start to feel like this is exactly where I'm meant to be. I asked for legacy for my son, right? And then I was given this. Yeah. This is now something that I can hand to him like I can show him this book and say this was written by your great great grandfather I can tell him about the story of my journey and it it just reminded me of the importance of us telling our own stories Mm. I'm almost certain that no one else from the community would have applied for that job I'm pretty sure that there would have been lots of white people that applied for that job if you do want to hear the full episode then please do go to episode 26 And like all our guests, she is doing amazing, amazing work for our community. So please do go show her some love by following her Instagram account, which is at producer Nat, N-A-T. And now for the last recap of this episode, we have episode 27 with Ade Akin, a fellow podcaster that hosts a podcast called Ads Vice. His day job, though, is actually a digital marketer. And I'm always interested in book recommendations. So Ade provided a gem of a book that is a really, really fascinating read. So I figured, hey, let me share the clip with you guys too. Let's talk about your final submission to the brief questionnaire. Yes. And you submitted The Tanning of America by Steve Stout. Tanning of America by Steve Stout. I don't know about this book at all. So what was it about? You know, give us an overview and then why it made or has made an impact in your life as an adult. Yeah, for sure. So those who don't know Steve Stout, he's a very influential black businessman 
who's been monumental in bridging the gap between brands and businesses and hip hop culture. So he had a role to play in getting, I think, Pusha T and Justin Timberlake with McDonald's I'm Loving It campaign. And The Tannin of America basically was the first book that I'd ever come across that spoke about how hip hop culture has shaped popular culture and how hip hop culture and black culture has shaped business. And I feel like that was one of the first books that I read, which kind of really pinpoint how brands communicate and connect with audiences. And being someone that likes hip hop and marketing, it was like, yeah, a match made in heaven. But is that empowered you or emboldened you to want to create something like that? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just putting words in your mouth and that's not fair. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Where my kind of career has kind of moved to is very different to where I thought it would move to. But all that I know, and I'm still kind of holding my heart on this, is that whatever I do, I want to create value. And I also particularly want to create value for the people that look like me. Now, please do go listen to the full episode, episode 27, whenever you do get a chance to. And you can actually follow Ade on all social media accounts, Advice, which is A-D-Z-V-I-C-E. And just again, show some support because I truly believe the rising tide lifts all boats. Okay, guys, that's all for today's episode. But please do check out the full episodes like I keep mentioning. And once again, if you'd like to be featured on Stories That Stick, then please do get in touch via email which is contact at blackticulate.com. Or if you do follow us on any of the social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, please say hi. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you always. Once again, guys, comment, review, rate, share, subscribe, all of that, all of that, all of that. Have a great week and I'll see you guys in two weeks time. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do share it. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please do get in touch.